Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Jeff Jones, and he's a licensed therapist, addiction counselor, interventionist, and family recovery coach. You can find him at thefamilyrecoverysolution.com. That is thefamilyrecoverysolution.com. Now, we're going to talk about possibly addiction. We're going to talk about possibly recovery. We're going to talk about possibly spirituality and how it connects with all the, the human brokenness in all of us, right? We're all broken. We got stuff that we're wrestling with. You right now, BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation, you're struggling with something. What's that one thing that you're struggling with right now that's showing up subconsciously in all areas of your life and it's blocking you and it's holding you back from having the breakthroughs that you're craving, that you're wanting because you know your life is meant for something more than just this human existence. You're made for something more than just making money. There's something bigger than you. What is it? What's holding you back from discovering that? So Jeff and I, we're going to go deep. We're going to tackle some of these topics possibly. So Jeff, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that ultra brief intro. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. I appreciate the invite to be on your show here. And um, yeah, that is the brief overview of myself in a professional role and some of the different titles. Yeah. yeah, got that. So I'd like you to take a minute and just share something personal about you, Jeff, that very few people in your business life actually know. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, the very personal thing about myself that very few people know is that what I'm doing right now really comes from my own personal journey, my own personal development kind of journey, my journey with um, obstacles and challenges in my own life, my journey with obstacles and challenges with um, clients and people that I interact with and um, topics and issues that I read about and see in the news and are a part of our world. And um, 
you know, so I think what a lot of people don't really know about me is the, the extent to which what I'm doing professionally really um, comes from, you know, my own story and my own over 40 some years of, you know, trying to deal with some of these obstacles and challenges myself and seeing some of the patterns that happen over and over and over again that people personalize. That's, that's, we can't help but personalize, that I personalize. And it's not all personal. <laughs> there, there's larger patterns and it's that, that are happening, that are influencing me, that are influencing you, that are influencing all of us, that we kind of try to resource ourselves. We have a belief system that drives our thinking and whatever we say and do kind of thing. So, um, I really get that, Jeff, you know, and, and thanks for going there because I, well, first off, let me say this. I like that. I like when a coach says, I got into this business, into this passion, into this mission, because this is what I wrestled with. And yes, I've had some success in it, but I've also had some breakdowns and I'm still learning and I'm still growing. And that's why I'm fired up to serve others and help them get set free in it. And I'm, I'm really hearing that in your voice from a very authentic place. So thank you for that. You know, that's, that's fantastic. And, and you're not holding back any punches. And BC Nation, I want you to know that I prep all my guests. Like when they come on, like Jeff and I had a little heart to heart. And I'm like, Jeff, you need to show up vulnerable, real, transparent. Do not try to look good. And don't try, try to avoid looking bad, which are the two human temptations. We're always trying to like show up with a mask on in our lives rather than just show up authentically and say, hey, I'm a broken freaking human. And oh, by the way, so are you. <laughs> right? And, and we really want to start having this conversation that none of us have it all figured out, but together... You may have something figured out I don't that I can learn from. I have something figured out that you don't that right. you can learn from because we have different life experiences, BC Nation, just like Jeff is saying. He's gone through life experiences that are unique to him. And so now he has this belief system, this filter, if you will, that he looks through life with. And that's the lens he sees life with. We all have different stories. So, Jeff, before we get into your spiritual journey, I want to go high level, real high level. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? Oh, my gosh. Pick um, the main reason. I know there's 10,000, but what's the, what's the big one you think is the reason the world's not working right now? I, I think when I go really, really high level, um, you know, my sense is that we're attached to old belief systems, you know, old ways of thinking and trying to solve problems the, with very similar strategies that we've tried to solve problems with before. And so I, I really believe that we need new ways to think about old problems. 
Can you give us an example? Like what's the big one that's in your head right now that created that thought process you just shared? Well, you know, what my passion has been for years and years is addiction in the family and addiction really. And, and so old ways to look at addiction is that addiction, it's a brain disease. It's about an individual. We just fix their brain and then everything should be fine. And Mm. so how I think about addiction, how I talk about addiction is addiction disruption that sure there's a individual at the epicenter but there's a lot around them there's a context there's people around them mm. and they have they have their own impact they have their own influence and really like how can we how can we look at the larger picture and really help people around them to look at a larger picture and realize that they can make changes that impact the individual at the epicenter. They can make changes that to create conditions, a structure around them that increases protective factors. So what I'm really hearing you say, and correct me if I'm getting it wrong, but I'm going to summarize this in a a short phrase, right? Because that's one of my superpowers is to take really complex stuff. And not that you spoke complex because I got it, but to, to really bring it down to something that's usable, something tangible. So what I'm hearing you say is addiction recovery is not a solo sport. Is that, is that a good way to say it? Yeah. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So BC Nation, addiction recovery is not a solo sport. That's what Jeff is sharing with you right now. If you think that you can go it alone, you're wrong. You're attached to other human beings. And everything you do, I believe everything we do, Jeff, sends a ripple through the universe. Right. Right? It's What's that, that famous quote? I moved my finger and the, the universe moved right? Or something like that. And, and, and I really believe that. And, and it's in a positive direction or a negative direction. So when we, when we play in our addiction, yeah, it's a negative ripple effect in our own lives, the lives of others. We hurt people, we hurt ourselves, right? And that's what happens. And everyone's impacted by it. But when we're recovering, and we allow others to heal us. We start to forgive ourselves, heal ourselves. We allow God to heal us from within. It sends that ripple in the opposite direction back into the universe. And I think that's a powerful way. What shows up for you in that? Yeah, I really like the way you said that, Joseph. Specifically, it sends a ripple in the opposite direction. That's Mm. so powerful. And on some level, that's what I'm doing with families. I love that, brother. So you're really showing up and you're serving the world and you're sending ripples in the opposite direction in the universe where there's all this brokenness and hurt and wounds and pain and addiction. So thank you. You're my new hero, bro, at least for today. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Jeff, let's talk uh, your personal spiritual journey and I want you to keep going vulnerable with us. All right. Keep showing up real, man. You're doing a great job here. So what uh, what was home life uh, like? Tell us about mom and dad real quick in like two minutes, okay? Don't go too yeah. deep with me here. I'll pull you right back out. Yeah, do pull me out if that's what needs to happen here. But so 
my situation with home life is I, I grew up in a family with no active addiction. Sure, my parents had a liquor cabinet. They didn't go there very often. It was used for um, when guests came over and stuff like that. However, my mother's father, we would visit him a week or two every year. And I, from him, I got showered more love and attention than anybody in my whole life. And it really, even as a child, it caught my attention. It, it turned my world upside down and it was so different than my family of origin. And if you can't guess, my mother's father, my grandfather was, he had the addiction in the family. It was alcohol. And um, I saw even as a child when we went there that I got all this beautiful blessings, this, this showering of his attention and love onto me. But my sister and three female cousins did not get that. And I did see that. And my mother, who was a very competent mom, she ran our family. I mean, my dad was the breadwinner, the normal kind of family in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, my mom's competency was gone when we were in Kentucky visiting her father, my grandfather. And I really, really, really noticed that. And um, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Her competency was gone. Like, did she all of a sudden started behaving different when she was in the presence of her father? Yeah, she was quiet. She was in the background. She was mousy. And my dad would be nurturing her. Mm. And like, I never saw, my mom was not someone who needed nurtured. Got it. Got it. So why do you think that was happening? What happened? What showed up later where you looked and you, you understood, oh, that's why mom behaved that way around her dad? Yeah, that she was having some kind of struggles that she wasn't talking about with anyone else that m my father knew some of. I don't know how much of, but there was some kind of struggle that happened there that I saw as a child. And on one hand, my mother kind of like my mother could have said, no, I'm not going to bring my children to Kentucky to your house. We're not going to see you. But she didn't say that. She brought us. So I, I had the blessing of that relationship. However, what I learned many years later is that love and attention was actually the transmission from my grandfather to me on some level of me carrying the grief and pain for the whole family. In psychobabble terms, that's called intergenerational transmission. And yeah, I get that. So the sins of the father, right? It passes on seven generations. Yes. Yeah, I got that. All right. So uh, your grandfather, just to clarify, your grandfather suffered from alcohol addiction. Did that pass over to you or did you have another addiction? Um, that's a really good question. So as a you know, teenager in my 20s, early 30s, I sure did my share of drugs and alcohol. There's what was, no what was your number one vice? What was the big one? 
I would say the big one probably was, you know, marijuana. Um, and, you know, when I was a kid, marijuana was like four to seven percent THC. Now, marijuana is very, very different. It's probably 30 to 40 percent THC. And actually, they have this stuff called wax and shatter that's 90 some percent THC. So, like smoking pot kind of thing, when I grew up, that, that meant a very different thing than smoking pot for a teenager now. I get that. All right. So I really want to tie this up in a bow because I personally am missing the connection. So you're doing addiction recovery for families. So tie this all in, wrap this all up. Like how does your granddad's addiction, how did it get passed on? And, and then how did that become a passion of yours where you're like, I need to do this. I need to set families free from addiction. Like yeah, connect, yeah, make, yeah. connect those dots real quick for me. Sure. Real quick, it would be me seeing and understanding the trickle down from my grandfather's addiction to my mother's trauma and defensive coping mechanism and her strategy to never talk about it again, but set up her life and her family with a structure that protected her. Mm. And then the trickle down to me was growing up in a family with a structure just like addiction. It's like I learned to be in different roles that protected my mother's secret, that mm. protected my mother when my mother needed it. Like I automatically knew what my mother needed. And as a child, because I wanted her love, I would go into the role that she needed from me. Wow. I really get that. That's so interesting. So here we're looking at BC Nation, sins of the father, right? What is that addiction that you're wrestling with right now? And it's not just the father, it's the mother as well, right? So if you're a woman listening to the show, what is that addiction that you wrestle with? We all have something we're struggling with, that number one thing. What's that number one thing that you're struggling with that will send a ripple effect throughout your family downline? into your kids, then your kids will grow up to become adults and pass it to their kids. They'll become adults that pass to their kids, et cetera. And it's either going to be positive or it's going to be that negative, right? So alcohol would be a, an example of a negative uh, ripple that you're going to send throughout your family downline, right? Into the few, into your future generationally. Yeah. And, and, or maybe, you know, you show up with lovingness and, and, and you just love and forgive people no matter what they do to you. And you raise kids who get to see that and witness that and it gets passed on into them and they love and forgive people. And that's the ripple you send into your future. Yeah. What is, what ripple are you choosing right now in your life that's going to pass forward into your future? What shows up for you in that, Jeff? Yeah, so what shows up for me, first thing is when you started talking about this is like how, how does addiction impact all of us? And so the first thing that I think about is 
how is addiction defined? And our national organizations define addiction as it's a brain disease and mm. it's essentially a substance or a process. And so the substance can be like, you know, alcohol, it can be marijuana, it can be crystal meth, it can be heroin, it can be pain pills, it can be pills that we get from our doctor, substance, it can be processed like, you know, um, food, um, sex addiction, gambling, um, it, 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 and it can be how we are addicted to our own thinking, our own strategies. So another broader definition of addiction, and actually this comes from Dr. Gabor Mate, one of my, my big mentors. And so that definition is any behavior that initially brings relief or pleasure, but eventually there starts to be problems and harm, but I want to stop, but I can't, and I crave it. And so it's like I continue it despite any negative consequences. So you, like in listening to that definition, I didn't mention any specific substance and I didn't mention any specific process. So with that definition, you, you know, who of us could say we've never had anything like that? I mean, like I'm raising both hands right now. Um, and so, I, so let me pause you right there, Jeff, because I want to clarify something, right? Let me ask you a question. Sure. Could me playing the victim in my own life be my addiction? Um, yeah, of course. Right? Because there's a secret payoff. Of course there's a payoff. Bingo. Right? And the, the payoff is me being right. Right? Yeah. That's the payoff. Is like, oh, see that person screwed me over. I knew it. I, you know, man, I never, things never go well for me. And there's a payoff like, like a drug addiction, right? There's that dopamine shot of, see, I'm right. I can't trust people. See, I'm right. People are out to get me. See, I'm right. I'm the victim. Yeah. And, and boom, chemically, there's a dopamine shot that goes through your entire system. Right. And that's the payoff. And you're actually addicted to being a victim in your life. You know how many people I know that are that? You know how many times I was that in my own life? My hand's raised here too. And so what I think of is what I call the belief system cycle and it's beliefs, old beliefs from the past and out of that comes our thinking and then out of that becomes our behavior and what we do and then from that we have feelings about our life situation and those feelings reinforce the old belief systems from the past. And around so, and around we go. Round and around we go. So the like on some level, that right there is an addiction. And like you say, it can be like, yeah, as an example, my being addicted to being the victim. If I have that old belief system and then my thinking comes out of that and what, what, what I do 
comes like from that thinking of I'm a victim and it's like I have this feeling like, oh yeah, here we go again, here I'm doing it again. And, and it's like, yeah, this circular pattern happens. So the, the question is what, like one, recognizing that and then at what point, what resources do we have, either internal resources or external resources to get out of that looping? I love that. So BC Nation, are you constantly on the road to nowhere? Are you in that vicious circle, that merry-go-round of addiction? And as we said, sometimes addiction can have a substance attached to it. And sometimes addiction can literally just have an internal substance, not even external, right? That dopamine shot of just being right that you're the victim in your own life, right? Yeah. So what do you do with that? And Jeff, here's my question for you. Where do you bring spirituality into your work with your clients? Because sure. sometimes, here's why I ask the question, sometimes we're stuck in the circle, which means we, we're in this vicious merry-go-round and we lack objectivity. Yeah. We don't even know what we don't know. And we need an outside force or a higher power to right. intercede and right. pull us out of that which we can't get out of on our own. So where does spirituality come into your business practice? So real quick, I, I want to back up and reframe what I was saying before about addiction. And it's, it's like, so what I described, the thinking kind of looping that I described, I'm not, I'm referring to that as compulsion and addiction, like to be clear, addiction is more, um, it has craving. Like if craving is not a part of the cycle, then it's not addiction. So the, the, the criteria is initially bringing relief and, and, and pleasure and then problem or harm on, on the continuum and then craving that, that behavior and not being able to stop. So those are the criteria. And I, I just probably didn't make that clear. But does that make sense what I said before I answer your question? It makes total sense. All right. So on to the question. Uh, spirituality in your business practice, right? You're dealing with addiction recovery with human beings. However, we know that we're created for something more than just this earthly caterpillar face in the ground existence. Yeah. So how do you bring spirituality, God, higher power into your practice of helping people recover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the resource, I, th I think it's really important for people to have resources that fit for them, that they create, that they can um, embody, and that they choose as opposed to me saying, your resource is this and you need to do this. Sure, like there's a lot of good resources out there for that. Um, and so from, for myself personally, I, you know, my parents drug me to church kind of thing. And I lived in a very small town and I could see people who in the church, they were different than throughout the week when I would see them. You mean they're human just like you? 
they're human and it was like in the church this facade was like the transparency that you're asking your guest to to bring to this show and that you have and emanate here well in church it was like i have this facade of goodness and even as a child i saw that and it's just like i wrestled with it and it so like in my body i started to contract and when i got old enough i refused to go to church so like the resource for me had like i had to find it somewhere else and i found it in the outdoors in the forest like i would ride my bike to a nearby forest kind of thing and as i got older i would um go on backpacking trips and actually my grandfather that i mentioned he went on canoe trips every year up in quetico in canada and he invited me when i was 13 years old on one of these canoe trips and he died when i was 10 so that never happened but mm. the outdoors and the natural world really became a place where I could connect within myself. And, and when I say connect, like what, whatever denial or prevention of seeing the truth that I had in, in the presence of the outdoors, I learned that I was more open to seeing what was really true for me. And that path continued. I really get that. You know, I think um, out in nature, uh, we put ourselves in the presence of the divine, right? Because we see creation all around us. Well, if there's creation and it didn't just happen on its own, because if it did, then show me one example of humans actually creating that, right? There is none, right? So like, we know that the author of all creation somehow shows up in the creation itself, right? Just similar to an artist is within his art, right? You right. can see the intricacy, uh, what's the word? Uh, the, 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 the details, the personality of the artist, of the author in the writing, right? So when you go into nature as a little kid, I really get that. You didn't have to deal with and filter out all the hypocrisy, right, that you saw in the broken humans, the broken Catholics, the broken Christians, the broken Jews, the broken Protestants, right, the broken Muslims. We're all broken humans. And you got more of a pure dose of the divine, in my two cents opinion. Um, so let me ask you this. Has your faith progressed since then? Have you let go of that, uh, that filter of broken humanity um, through which you would see religion or, or God or, or the divine? Or is that still very much present and you haven't gone through that journey yet? Well, so, I, so 20 years ago, I was in a spiritual school that part of the process of actually a teacher training is every month we would read a different book with a different religion. Mm, that's a very dangerous game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciated the seeing the differences 
mm-hmm. in different religions. And, and one thing that I understood was that at the core, so many of these religions had a lot of overlap. 100%. Right? And because they contain truth. Right? Yeah. yeah. They but, contain truth, right? So it's, it becomes redundant in a way. And over hundreds of, of years, when I would really learn about some of these different religions and see kind of what happened over hundreds of years, there were different positions, like my religion's better than your religion, and whether there were just interpersonal conflicts or country conflicts, you know, um, it's, it's, it's like what started out as a very pure connection with the, the, the divine was covered over with all kinds of um, positions and judgments and right and wrong and good and bad. And um, so, I mean, that- I think, it, I think that's all summed up in one word, pride, right? That's really what it comes down to, just pride, as humans, we're broken, right? If, if you follow the Bible, it's what happened in Genesis, right? The fall of mankind. And it was all over what? Pride. You can be like God. Yeah. That's it. And we have been searching for that ever since. Let's be honest. And my path is better than your path. And I'm God and you're not. And you should worship, right? And this is the human condition. And we haven't changed for 2,000, 10,000, whatever, 50,000 years. We just haven't changed. It's just that history always repeats itself, right? So I'm really more concerned, and we got to wrap up the show here, but I could talk for an hour with you easily, but I, we're going to wrap it up. Where are you now? Where are you now in your spiritual journey? And what, actually, the better question is, what do you still wrestle with in believing that, there is a God that you were created by him. Forget religion. Forget all the labels. Take that out of this part of the conversation. Yeah. What do you still struggle with or, or um, wrestle with in believing that there's God and then there's you and you're not God? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the first things I want to say is I want to go back to the belief systems of, of the past. I, I believe really holding the, the core challenge of, of that dilemma. And it's in some ways, you know, a human dilemma. Um, and so where I'm at right now is I have a daily meditation practice hmm. that I do every morning. Me too. a.m. Yeah. So, so that is a way for me to connect. The other thing at the end of the day, I, I have a specific practice and that includes some meditation, but it's also a a practice to wind myself down, to end the day, to bring my body ready to rest. Because sleep is like hugely important for me. And sleep is one of the hugest resources to my own mental health. 
Mm. And if I don't have good sleep, I'm not able to resource myself. And that meditation in the morning is different. It's compromised. <laughs> and well that meditation sets me up for how my day goes. So um, I think me having a very specific structure and schedule that keeps me connected to like Jeff at my best kind of thing. Mm. Um, so that's what that structure is about. And I think everybody, and I know that you do, Joseph, I, I, I actually met you at the New Media Summit and I had a um, room that the window looked out on the pool and I remember seeing you, you're smiling. I remember seeing you out by the pool. You had like this thing that you were doing every morning out there. And so like- You remember I, that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I do a Facebook Live I, uh, every morning at 7.30 a.m., seven days a week, right? Eastern Standard Time. And it's called the Daily Holy Hour. And I teach people how to get quiet for an hour. Now, you would think that's impossible for a human being, right? With all the noise and chaos in our lives in 2018, right? But it is possible. And it's a discipline I learned from others, my Protestant brothers, who taught me how to do it. Game changer for my life, Jeff, right? Learning to get quiet, and then I teach others how to do it. And then to hear the quiet whisper of God, the divine. And people think, well, that's not even possible. Bull, it's possible. I've experienced it. I've taught others how to do it. And they have, right, we learn who you are. That's what you'll learn, who you are, right, your identity. You can't go through life without knowing who you are. Then you fall for anything, right? It's substances, addictions, all this stuff, right? And I think addiction, if I, if I went right to the, the heart of it, addiction is an identity problem. That's addiction is an identity problem. When you don't know who you are and where you come from and what, why you're here and what you're meant to do, yeah, you're going to grab onto all the buoys in life, right? All the straw, right? And that's what we do. So who you are, right? Why are you here? Like on this planet at this time in history, why not 4,000 years ago? Why not in the future? Why right now? And then what are your specific assignments? What are you meant to do, right? right. And this has been a game changer. So BC Nation, I really connect with Jeff and I, and I really appreciate him going here and sharing, listen, your morning ritual will define your destiny. It will define your life. And if you don't have a morning ritual and you're like, Joseph, Jeff, that's great for you guys, but I don't have a morning ritual. I don't think I need it. My morning ritual is coffee. Well, great. You know, that's great for you. How's that working? How's that working in your life? Are things missing in your life? Do you have your identity like I do? Yeah. Do you know your destiny while you're here? Do you have like clear assignments as to what your life looks like and what you're meant to do? Like big mission? Yeah. If you don't, that's, what, that's what's missing. And it's all about getting quiet. So whether that's meditation like Jeff does in the morning out in nature, which is awesome, or it's doing a quiet holy hour and learning to hear the quiet whisper of your God, of your heavenly father, like I do, like yeah. do something. Do something, man. That's what I want to say. Jeff, what do you want to add to that? And then we'll wrap up the show. Yeah, so 
I guess what I want to add to that is even the very best of people that have a morning structure and are um, blessed to have a mission that they are on, um, addiction can show up in their family and it can feel like a real downer. And so one thing that I want to say is that actually addiction in the family can be a message to step up, to step into one's own personal power and connect with that in even a deeper level because then the relationships that they have will be deeper and they're like whether it's the addicted individual whether it's people in their family and, and of course people in their life in their day but addiction is actually an opportunity for people to connect deeper with themselves what's important to them their values their resources their their god their spirituality their, their energy and actually live that and bring that into the moment. So what I'm trying to do is inspire family members to do just that and bring that into their relationship with other family members and their loved one who they're concerned with. BC Nation, I think Jeff is right. You know I rarely agree with my guest. No, I'm kidding. But I believe Jeff is right. Like, and it's brilliant how he just connected all those dots. And the answer is simply this. If there's addiction in your family or within yourself, you don't have to remain powerless in it. And you want to ask yourself, what's my part in this? Whether you're the one bringing the addiction into the family or there's addiction in your family. What's your part in the healing process, right? And what it looks like, I believe, and Jeff believes, I, I'm hearing, is it's about you becoming whole and complete in you. And that looks like a morning ritual, right? Jeff does it with meditation. He gets centered, whole and complete for his day so that he could show up in his own life and in the lives of others from a power full place rather than a powerless place. And for me, I don't believe that I'm the source of anything. So I tap into my God, my heavenly father, and I ask him for his power to fill me up so that I can show up whole and complete in my life and in the lives of others in my family and to, to point them to the one who can give them healing in their addiction or point myself to the one who could give healing in my addiction. So I challenge you to take on what Jeff is saying. Jeff, that was brilliant, dude, how you brought that all together. I really appreciate that. We got to wrap up this show, dude. This is such a great topic. We could keep going, but I have to use podcast host discipline. And I got I to gotta like trump this, buddy. All right, so this is my favorite part of the show, Jeff. Welcome to the confession round. See what I did there? Broken Catholic confession. You like that? Okay. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, so I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Don't overthink it. Are you yes. ready, sir? Yes. All right, Jeff, what's your favorite sound? The sound of moving water. Oh, 
Such a great sound. I love it too. What's your least favorite sound? Um, traffic. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? Ah, uh, geez. Be I, real. I, the very first thing that came up for me is lightning. And I don't know why that came up, but. <laughs> Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? I would say smoking pot. <laughs> yeah, I got that. We're clear. We're clear. You're, you're my pot guest. It's awesome. Okay. What secret fear do you have about people? That they can't change. Mm, man, and being in your business, that must be such a frustrating thought. I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God or the divine or spirituality? Um, I wish I wouldn't have had that wounding as a child that I yeah. had early on. I get that, brother. If you ever want to have a breakthrough in that area, this is what I do, spiritual coaching, man. I will help you get past that block. What do you wish you were better at? Um, I wish I was better at um, speaking the essence of the message that I'm trying to put out to the world. Yeah, got that. Well, that could be your prayer tomorrow morning in your meditation. Like, Lord, give me simplicity, right? So, Jeff, what dream are you secretly scared of pursuing? Yeah, um, well, it would have to be very similar. I'm The dream I'm pursuing right now, the further I get into it, the bigger I see the impact can have. And I really see where families can have a stronger role in solutions to addiction. And I really believe that families can be a big contributing factor to changing the statistics in our country. 100%. That was way longer than three seconds, but I agree with you. What's a new habit that you want to form? Um, so a self-care discipline for me of exercise twice a week and going for a hike in the outdoors at least half a day, if, if, if not for a full day. That sounds brilliant. What's a bad habit you want to break? A bad habit that I want to break. I guess when I get into the thinking of overwhelm, and I'm just one person and there's no way that I can possibly move this vision forward. Mm, I love it. Can I share something real quickly with you about that? Because I used to have the same exact thing. Uh, this, I'm going to call this my 30-second coaching for free. Here you go. All right. You walk into a dark room, dude. The volume of darkness in the room can be overwhelming, right? You can't even see your hand in front of you. You light one little candle and it drives out the darkness. Right? The volume of the candle is that tiny and it drives out the massive volume of darkness. You are that candle. Show up that way. Pick three words to describe who you are now, sir. Um, oh my God. Um, courageous, articulate, unstoppable. Love it. Sounds like light to me, brother. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life. Small, fearful, um, 
Yeah. Sad. Got it. And last question, Jeff, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and tell them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? You only have one life. It's worth it. You, you, you can do, you can do it. Love it. So BC nation, we're listening with Jeff Jones. He was a awesome guest. Don't you think I do? All right. You can find him at the family recovery solution.com. The family recovery solution.com. Jeff, any final wisdom for our listener? What's the one thing you want them to know about having a relationship with God versus not? Right. That their relationship to what they consider the divine is the key to moving forward in their life, whether that includes addiction in their family or not. Love it. Powerful, powerful finish. And what's the best way for BC Nation to get in contact with you, should they choose, or anything you want to share or, or something you're working on right now? Well, I am in the process of redoing my website, which you mentioned, thefamilyrecoverysolution.com, and I'm writing a book to where the website would have a deeper understanding of what I'm doing, and the book would be an overview that really quickly would allow people to see what I'm up to. Love it. Do you have a working title for the book? Um, I do have a title and the title is it's not your fault. <laughs> and the subtitle, I'm a little bit less clear with the subtitle, but it's like how the family becomes the solution to addiction disruption. I love it, man. That reminds me of my good friend, Larry Winget, I had on my other podcast. And uh, Larry's got a book called uh, Your Kids Are Your Own Damn Fault. <laughs> Which you can't argue with that, right? <laughs> and it ties into right, Sins of the Father and all that stuff that we're talking about here. So listen, Jeff, thanks for being on the show. I wish you God's love, God's peace, and God's protection over your life, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Joseph, thank you very much. God bless. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.